So there's no sort of gotcha moments in this book like, you know, here's the proof and you should now believe. And if you don't, you're stupid. (laughs) It's more like, yeah, here's some ideas. Here's some perspectives here. Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and this is a very special bonus episode of The Search Podcast. That's right, a bonus episode. We dropped an extra one in there this week for you. And this episode is with Dr. John Hopper. You know John, area director down in uh, in Houston for Search, author of our new book, Questioning God. And this this podcast is all about writing that book. So, John, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. So exciting. Well, it's been really a highlight of my time with Search, just getting to be part of the team that has gotten to work with you to produce uh, our new book called Questioning God, Answers to Questions Worth Asking. Now, I say we worked on it. You did everything, and few of the rest of us had to do some other little things. But <laughs> you wrote the book, which is the hardest part, and it's out now and available. And I just thought that it would be a fun behind-the-scenes look to talk to you about writing the book and the whole process behind it. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time to have a conversation with me about that today. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here, Blaine. Uh, it's look. It's an exciting thing for search. We haven't written a book as an organization since the 1980s. We're really not a publisher of books uh, other than that one. So and it's been a long time. So this is a this is a big deal for us. Um, and I, I'm really really proud of the work that uh, that you've done, that our whole team has done to be able to put this book out there. And so uh, I'm just going to dive right in with some questions that I've got for you. So okay. very uh, very first one. Almost kind of obvious, though. But so why would you write Questioning God? Yeah. Well, I think it's because people have questions, Blaine. And uh, they've always had questions, right? So questions about, you know, is God really there? And what about the Bible? And, you know, what about evil and suffering? And so people have had those questions for, you know, ages. And and people need good answers, and a lot of times people don't have good answers. So I, I've talked to people whether whether they're Christian or not Christian, and they don't have good answers to those questions. And so we wanted to provide a book because search is about having conversations in regards to these questions that just puts it out in print for people to be able uh, to sort of to work through and to read. And. A lot of times when people write books, and I think you were you were this way as well. Authors have a like a person that they're mm, writing to, right, yeah. or an, an audience. So when you're thinking through the chapters and you're writing everything that you're writing, who'd you write questioning God for? Like who's that like stereotypical type of person that you're imagining is reading what you're writing? Yeah. Well, the the person I sort of put on the other side of the table with me, right, or, or in the living room with me as, I, as I'm writing this uh, book is is someone who's Curious, maybe skeptical, maybe seeking, um, that really has these questions, not sort of already kind of in on the game, but hey, I need to sort of bone up on a few answers to questions, but rather somebody on the outside who's saying, I'm not so sure about God and Christianity. So, so that's who I really saw on the other side, and you'll pick that up very quickly in the book. I'm not assuming that, uh, that you're 
uh, you're a believer in any way and that you're all in with God and the Bible, I'm assuming that you're not. And I'm trying to share with you some some ways to, to look at these questions that maybe will help you to see that there is good reason to believe in God or believe in Christianity or the Bible. Yeah, I love that you wrote the book with that audience in mind because that's uh, just a great representation of what we get to do with, with search. Even being a Christian organization, we spend a huge amount of our time with people who don't share our opinions. I mean, that's our whole mission is right. to meet with people who have very different views than, than we do and have conversations about these big topics. And so uh, I just love that as you wrote the book. Uh, it really comes across that mm. that's who uh, who you're writing to, and I thought you did a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, job on it. So when you're writing a book, you've mm-hmm. got to determine what you're going to write about, yeah. right? That's a big that's part right. of writing a book, yep, I yep, would assume. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so especially when you think of questioning uh, God, although we didn't have the title in the beginning, but a, a book about these kind of big questions that we talk about all the time with search, how do you decide – of all the topics, what ones become chapters and and just – we've got 15 chapters sure, in this book. Right. How, how did you come up with those 15? Right, absolutely. So, you know, we have a staff, Blaine, that's across the country and they're in conversations with people. And so questions are coming up, right? So and, um, we're not just sort of – drawing these out of thin air. These are part of the conversations that we have. People are asking these questions. And so as I was looking at the questions to address in this book, I uh, looked to the staff. So uh, sent out a little survey of sorts and you know got feedback and uh, to see what chapters they thought would be valuable, what questions we ought to answer. So this is what you might call field-driven <laughs> in terms of the, the questions that we that we pick. Now, I think that these questions, they're questions that are asked by people who don't believe yet, sort of on the outside, which is who the book is sort of directly addressed to. But I think these questions are also questions that a lot of Christians have. So they might say, yeah, I'm, I believe enough to be in on the game, but I still wonder about this or I wonder about that. So so these questions that come from the field are questions that are being asked really both by Christians and by non-Christians. What were some of your favorite chapters to write? It was a little sampling of mm. a few of these topics that made it into, uh, into chapters. Yeah. Well, um, so we talk, of course, about evil and suffering. That question always comes up, right? So if, if there's a loving, all-powerful God, why is there evil and suffering? So we, we dealt with that in the book. Um, there's question two. I mean, the very, the, the very first question that we get out in, in the book is, life is good, so why be concerned about God? Right? So there's a lot of people today that's just, they're sort of, okay, God might be there. He may not be there. You know, I'm happy. So if you need God, that's fine, but I don't really need God. So, um, so it felt like we needed to really address that question. There's questions two in there about Science, do science and Christianity, are they at odds with one another? I think it's important that we address that, and so we have. And then, of course, there's people. question I'm getting asked more and more, Blaine, is, okay, so if Jesus is the only way, what about all these people from all these other religions? Who are my neighbors and my friends and my colleagues? And so we address that question in the book as well. So um, do I have a favorite chapter? Yikes. I don't know if I have a favorite chapter or not. So it's kind of like asking me what my favorite child is. 
<laughs> in some ways, writing the book is like each chapter is like giving birth. <laughs> so so, so uh, I can't pick favorites. <laughs> it's funny. I remember hearing uh, – this is off topic, but Jerry Seinfeld talk about writing Seinfeld and uh, which episodes are your favorite mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, producing uh-huh. all of them, being in all of them. And, yeah, it's like the same thing. So they're all my babies. I think this is quote. <laughs> So that's funny. Well, there's a lot of great chapters. There's 15 equally good chapters in this book. Um, What do you hope that questioning God will do for your your readers? Mm. Well, you know, I think the first thing I hope it does is I hope it affirms their questions. You know, sometimes people think that they're the only ones asking these questions, right? So the fact that they're out there, maybe they think, well, I guess other people have this question too if they're addressing it in the book. So so I hope that uh, affirms their questions there. And even maybe maybe from a sort of a, a skeptical person reading it, it affirms their question in the sense of, oh, these Christians, they're willing to address and dialogue and they're not just hiding from these questions. So I think that's the sort of the first thing I hope that happens with with the book. Um, now, I also hope that they find that there's reasonable answers to the questions. Now, whether they're sufficient enough for someone to say, I didn't believe and now I do believe or um, I struggle with that and now I don't struggle with that, and, you know, I, I don't know that you know, that will sort of be their call as to whether there's enough in the chapters to sort of see that transition take place or not. But but I, what I do hope at least is even if they don't come to that place of change, they go, yeah, but this, it wasn't bad reasoning or it wasn't, you know, this, this is good information. It's just not enough information maybe for me. So, so I'm hoping that as people read through this book, they go, you know what, there's a lot more reasonable answers to these questions than I ever, ever thought there was. Yeah. So do you feel like just in general out there, a lot of people aren't aware of a lot of the information that you're writing about? Like a lot of it would be new information? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So for example, Blaine, if if you were to survey sort of Americans, the vast majority would say that there is some higher power out there. Okay. Um, And of course, Christians would say there's a higher power, there's God out there. But if you ask people, like, how do we know there's something out there? So even Christians rarely have an answer for that. They just say, well, it's just by faith. So, um, but I think there's, there's some good evidence that ought to sort of lead to that faith, right? Or that stand un- stands under that faith. And people just don't know of that evidence. And so I'm able to bring that out in the book. So. Mm. It seems like in recent years, there have been a number – there's a, a lot of books being written mm-hmm. about the big questions of life and similar kind of topics in, in ways. Um, I feel like like this book, like Questioning God, is different. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and it, we both have read a lot of yeah. these books. They, they fall under uh, – Call them apologetics, right? You know, maybe if you hadn't heard that word, mm. but that's kind of what they they fall under the bookstore. Mm. Um, but but yours is yours is different, I, I believe. I think what what we've been able to put together here has got a little different take. I, I'd be curious though, from your perspective, mm. how how would you say questioning God is different than other apologetics mm. books? Yeah. 
Well, f- first of all, Blaine, like you said, there's a lot of great books out there. In the last 15 years in particular, this just been a whole bunch of books that have answered people's questions. There were some before that, but there's just a lot more now, and people have gotten creative with them, and it's uh, it's great t- to see that. So, so in some ways, um, the book is maybe similar to other books, but there's maybe a combination of things in this book that makes it stand out. So, so first of all, it it is addressed as we've talked about already to non-Christians. Now, a lot of books are not; they're addressed more to Christians, like. Here, Christian, here's answers that you can go tell non-Christians these answers. But this one is speaking directly to non-Christians. So there's not that many books that do that. There are some, but but uh, but not too many. Um, secondly, it uses very sort of conversational, everyday language. So again, you can find some apologetic books out there that are pretty heady. So, and if you're really into that stuff and sort of using philosophical language and languages you would use in a classroom or in a graduate studies, then maybe you'd like those books. But a lot of people write that's, that's too much. So you've got a book that's addressed to non-Christians that is using everyday language. And then I think what also what you'll see in this book is it very much respects the reader's right to draw their own conclusions. So there's no sort of gotcha moments in this book like, you know, here's the proof and you should now believe and if you don't, you're stupid. (laughs) It's more like, yeah, here's some ideas, here's some perspectives here. Um, uh, um, The sort of the choice is yours, you know. So so you kind of put those combination of things together and I think it sort of kind of has its own place among the different books that are out there trying to answer Uh, these questions. Yeah, I think one of the things that's so unique about how you wrote Questioning God is that it is so conversational. Mm -hmm. And even in just when I've read the book, I've heard now from a few others Mm -hmm. who've who've read it. And one of the things that I can resonate with and that I hear people saying Mm -hmm. is I can hear John saying it. Like I can hear his (laughs) voice, you know, saying those words. Mm -hmm. And you write the way that you speak. If Mm -hmm. if anybody's listened to Mm -hmm. you on our podcast here for some of the other episodes, you'll read the book and you go, Oh yeah, that's it sounds like Hopper, right? (laughs) And it's it's refreshing because so many of those uh, books that fall into the category are not written in this style. It's a very conversational, natural style, and it's not a small book either, by the way. It's not like it's a pamphlet. It's a a real (laughs) – it's a legit, you know, 15 chapters, I don't know, probably 300 pages or something like that. Uh, but it's easy to read, though. So even though it's it's got good information, it's got good illustrations, but it's not something where you're going to read a page and a half and go, "Oh my gosh, I got to go take a nap." You know, <laughs> it's right, so thick right. and dense. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, well done. That's that's kind of some of my takeaways. So I, I have I have not written a book. Mm-hmm. I do not know after watching you write one if I ever want to do that. <laughs> but. Um, I'd be curious to know your writing process because this took about a year to do this. This is not like you just pumped this thing out. So uh, talk about how the chapters Mm. come into existence. So you've got a topic, and then what do you do to go write that chapter? And just what's your process? Well, as you probably can imagine, Blaine, this isn't the first time I've looked at these questions, right? <laughs> so I've I've been thinking about these questions for a, a lot of years, reading a lot about these questions, talking to people, listening to people about these questions. So, so the first thing that I really do when I was sort of 
you know, thinking about, okay, how am I going to answer this question is I would just gather all the sort of this information that I've already read and looked at and just kind of thumbing through it and see how other people sort of address questions and um, maybe other stories or illustrations that people used. And so I'd sort of gather all that and I'd see where there's holes too. So like, well, what I've read, it kind of covers this, but it doesn't cover this angle of the question. Maybe I need to sort of think that out better or sort of maybe do some more study. So it's just sort of getting all the sort of research pieces uh, in, uh, together. So that was really the first step there. Um, then when I did that, so um, anybody that's sort of worked around me, they know I'm a whiteboard guy. So when it comes to the creative process, I have to have a whiteboard. So I have a big whiteboard in my office. And so as soon as I kind of sort of worked out all the pieces, I'd go stand at my whiteboard and I just start scribbling and creating an outline and drawing arrows and sort of coming up with sort of, okay, this is what the framework of the chapter is going to look like. I'm going to start at point A and get, you know, move to point B and then point C. And I wouldn't always necessarily stay with that in the end. So, but that was sort of my guideline at the beginning and would help me to know whether, um, I was kind of proceeding in a logical way through through the chapter. So um, so that was always the sort of the next step in the process, going from the research to the whiteboard. And and then I'd have to write. <laughs> so, and uh, I think anybody that uh, has written very much, you know, the hardest part is just the beginning. Right? I'll, I'll so, just say all of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that first paragraph or two, just kind of getting the plane off the runway, right? That's the hard part, though, is getting that inertia and sort of um, getting into the sort of the feel of it and just kind of getting getting going. And then oftentimes the chapter would move along, you know, at a decent pace at that point once it sort of got the plane off the um, sort of the runway. Um but then, right, once that just sort of had sort of put out sort of a first run at the chapter is um, you'd always look back at it and go, because I'd sit, let it sit for a couple of days, and I'd look back and I'd go, this is awful. <laughs> 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 Usually it wasn't all that awful, but uh, um, I could see right away that I, there were some things that had to be shorn up or sort of reworded or repositioned or there had to be better transitions or a better illustration or something like that. So so that was probably really kind of the, the hard piece of it is sort of going back and really sort of wrestling with the text to make it sort of look pretty. So, yeah. So, uh, so I've been around writers yeah. a, a lot of my life. And um, I don't know if – I think you knew this, but so when I was in the music business uh, – I actually wrote songs for um, myself and for yeah. other people, but yeah. I actually wrote for a few different companies, mm-hmm. and it was a big part of my actual like my in- I made yeah. a lot of my money yeah. in those days writing. It yeah. wasn't just out being a singer, but right. I would write, and so uh, you know, wrote every day. I went on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a room just trying to think of another song, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, and so did that. Anyway, I, I say that because. Talked to a lot of people who've written songs, and I think uh, then going through graduate school, there's a whole different kind of writing, but there's so many similarities. I think writing, there's a lot of similarities, right? Mm, and one thing yeah. I've noticed from talking to a lot of people who've written is that they seem to fall into a couple of different camps. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see which one you are. <laughs> okay. So there's the writer who loves writing. Just they love everything about it. 
they uh, they enjoy even the difficult part. Like there's mm-hmm. something about it that mm-hmm. they they love kind of mm-hmm. the struggle. And then there's the writer who loves having written. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who? Which yeah. one are you? Or a third category yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I don't know about. Um, yeah, I'm probably the the in product guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> having written. So, um, I mean, there are some things that you know I. I do um uh I probably like getting things out there the first time so cuz there is a certain flow with it and you're kind of just humming along and you think you're doing really great <laughs> right so like when you write the song man that's really good and then you know you and you you know try to sing it a little bit later like yeah that line doesn't really work so and then that's kind of where it gets hard there but uh um yeah I, pro- I probably more like I like having written <laughs> than the writing itself. So, I mean, writing is a lot of hard work. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, now, one piece of the process that I didn't really mention, although you, you definitely hinted at it at the very beginning, is that um, once it kind of got through my sort of first iterations, um, there was a team of people here at Search and, uh, that looked through it. And that gave suggestions, right? So, and you probably at times had songs that you sort of you said you wrote for people, and they're like, "Yeah, everything's good except this line here," right? So, well, I had that, right? So, with uh, people sort of giving me feedback um, in regards to the chapters, and it's invaluable, right? So, because sometimes people brought up things like, "I'm taking this to mean this," and. Like, oh, really? Like, I had no intention for it to mean that. So, so I would have to adjust the wording. And so, really valuable there. So, really thankful for the, the team of people at Search that uh, looked through it. Yeah, that's, um, you don't have to answer this on mic, but I imagine that could also be hard too. I remember, so doing music and stuff, I mean, creative feedback is, uh, you know, on the one hand, you like it. And on the other hand, you're like, oh, gosh, you know, seriously. And then trying to, do something with multiple people where you're creating. It's just always uh, it's always a balancing a balancing act. And I know when I was I was doing music, I was always like, man, making a record with a committee is the worst. <laughs> you know, a really yeah. bad record. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are probably different days, right? Some days where I'm, man, oh, that's good. I'm really glad they told me that. Another day, it's like. I'm tired. <laughs> Don't tell me anything else. <laughs> so. It's hard. Uh, well, we. I bring it up because I, I mean, look, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Writing a book. I mean, it's really, it really is hard work. What yeah. you, what you did, and and then it goes out there into the world, and yeah. uh, you know, you see what happens, and you really see what what people think. But um, but it was it was a lot of work. So I hope people see that. I think. I think if you get the book and and you read it, you'll you'll pick up on uh, all the energy and effort that went into to writing it. Um, what do you think was the most difficult part for you mm-hmm. in writing Questioning God? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a particular chapter. Like this chapter is like was the really the hardest one. So um, I would say that the hardest part was um, achieving. Both clarity and engagement, right? So, and I think that's what most writers are looking to get, right? So they want to engage the reader and they want to be real clear. So, now if you were just writing sort of novels, something like that, then engagement's really the deal. Like, you're not trying to create sort of 
a logical stream of thoughts and ideas to convince someone. So it's about engagement. If you're maybe writing in academia, it's about clarity, but you don't, whether you engage people or not, it's not maybe all that important. So, but I'm trying to achieve both of those. So how can I keep a reader engaged and how can I also be really clear about what I'm, I'm saying? So, so that was always the wrestling that was going on with the, in the chapters is, um, oh, that wasn't clear enough or that this gets a little long and it's kind of boring. So it's sort of wrestling through those two kinds of things in order to um, serve the reader well. I thought you did a fantastic job with that because, again, it just reads so conversationally and so naturally, and it just flows in a way that feels good when, when you're reading it. And, uh, yeah, so I think you did fantastic well, thanks, at it. Um, so you write the one book. <laughs> Are there any more? Is this, uh, did this wear you out? Are you one and done? Well, um, I I didn't write this book with like one in the wings ready to go, so um, I don't have one sort of planned right now, a volume two or whatever. So, um, but I, I wouldn't be against certainly writing another book. Um, I I think you know it's it's really good on sort of two fronts. Is one it makes me think, right? It makes me be, get clearer about the things that I'm trying to communicate every day with people, and so writing does that. So. Um, I think also, though, is that when we have an idea worth sharing, when we have a story worth telling, that um, I think there's a certain responsibility, or at least I feel that responsibility, to tell that story, to not keep it to myself. And so if there are other areas where I feel like, you know, there's, there's a story to be told here, there's an idea that needs to be shared, then uh, I would definitely entertain putting my you know <laughs> myself through the paces again to produce another book so. well we'll see if it happens okay. stay tuned All everybody right. and go get questioning god if you don't have it yet it is out right now questioning god answers to questions worth asking it's available at questioninggod.com and on amazon And whether you want to shore up your own understanding, read it with a friend, or give it as a gift, Questioning God is an excellent way to start a conversation about life's big questions. Visit questioninggod.com or Amazon today. John, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, thanks for listening.